It's time for the Retire ASAP podcast. Here's your host, Taylor Fike. Welcome to the Retire ASAP show, where our goal is to get you free from work as soon as possible. My name is Taylor Fike, and with me I have my co-host, Brad Fike. What's up? Well, hello there. How are you today? Oh, you know, just living the dream one day at a time. It's a beautiful summer day here in Ohio. That's nice and cool today and not too hot and sweaty. Yes, the mugginess, I I hope, is gone. I I mean, I don't like the humidity. I like a little bit of it. Yeah, that's because you have a boat. When you're on the water, the humidity is just that's, normal. Yeah, that, I mean, that's that's really the reason. If it's too cool, you can't enjoy boating. Right. When I'm landlocked sitting in my front yard, I don't like the humidity as much as you do, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, land is can get really warm when it's uh, hot and sultry out. But, you know, water is good. Oh, I'm sure our listeners are interested. What, what's the fishing update up there on Lake Erie? Catch any good ones lately? Oh, yeah. We've, uh, we've been uh, ripping them up up there. Uh, walleye, that is. Um, Although I did see uh, in our marina, a little kid came in to the clubhouse the other day, and he had a stringer of like six really nice perch, yellow perch. Really? Which you hardly see, though. I mean, the last couple of years has not been good perch fishing. Caught him in the marina. Well, I didn't get a chance to pick on him where he caught him at, because I want to know exactly where he caught him at in the marina. If the kid's smart, he's not giving up his secret fishing hole. I'm thinking he's already been taught. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, today we had an interesting topic because we were just talking to a few clients and there's just been this consensus. Two or three people have asked this question, so we wanted to bring it up to our listeners because I think it's a, it's a question in the back of everybody's head. When they're thinking about getting ready for retirement or doing some investment planning with an advisor, they ask the question, even if it's not too directly to the advisor, they say, do I need more than one advisor? Because you hear the stories of the, the crooks out there who swindle away someone's hard-earned savings. We've, we've had some just around our area in the past. Over the last 20 years, there's been a couple of them. You hear about the big ones like Bernie Madoff or the guys who, you know, they run away the Cayman Islands and you just never find them again. They take all these clients' money. And the question is, do I need to have more than one advisor? Because if I put all of my retirement funds with one guy or one girl, is that dangerous? What if they steal all my money? Sure. Yeah. And it's a viable uh, thought. We've we've both heard it many times from clients that come in here. Usually it's people that are getting ready for retirement or have come into a newfound chunk of money, uh, whether it's a business sold or sold a lot of properties or whatever, and really have not had a relationship with a financial advisor for years. And so now they're searching and seeking and they might have somebody that is okay, but they weren't didn't think that now they have their newfound wealth that you know they're capable of taking care of them like they should, and then they hear the stories, and now all of a sudden, you know, I think I should split it between a couple different advisors. Right. Well, the the argument is, and this is kind of funny because as an advisor, we always talk about diversification, right? And we right. talk about diversification of your assets within your portfolio, and we use the phrase, "Don't put all your eggs in one basket." Well, that's the same phrase that gets turned around on the other side of the table, and they say, "Well." I probably shouldn't put all my eggs in one basket with one advisor. I should probably have multiple advisors because, you know, what happens if you go rogue or if, you know, someone goes rogue? I, I don't want to be caught on the hook because of that. And that's that's a fear. It's definitely a fear. I mean, if you're if you've earned your money over 30, 40 years of working, say, you know, you've put up a nice half a million dollar 401k or over a million dollars in assets after you sell out of a business or something, there's some legitimate reason to be worried about, man, what? Am I going to put all this in the care of somebody else as an advisor? Yeah, we work hard all our life, right? I mean, you work hard, you save hard, which is really even harder than work sometimes. <laughs> right, the saving for sure. <laughs> and then when you get there, you go, 
gee, what if somebody swindles this out of here? And and again, it happens. It happens. Uh, we get a quarterly newsletter from the state of Ohio securities. And there's always two or three guys just in the state of Ohio that are uh, being arrested or lost their license for stealing people's money. Sometimes it's not large amounts. Could be 100,000, could be 50,000, but we've seen a lot of them are million, two million plus. The the big news makes the, you know, the 20 millions and the 30 millions. The multi-billion dollar Ponzi scheme of Bernie Madoff, you know, that one, that one was a little famous. Yeah. So there, there's guys doing it and there is ways to prevent yourself from getting caught in that. In most cases, there's no perfect world. Right. I mean, there's guys who have been straight up forever and then go completely rogues, right? There's guys that do left turns. Who knows why? Various, many reasons, probably all different, but right. But what you, there is reasons and things that you can look for ahead of time to make sure that it doesn't happen to you. And I think that's what we want to talk about today. Yeah, because I think the, the reality is you should have peace of mind with your advisor. If you don't trust them from the get-go, then you shouldn't be giving them any of the money of your retirement to manage. That That's just, it's 101. If you don't trust them, they shouldn't have control of your money, whether that means controlling the investments or how your portfolio is managed, anything like that. But there's some ways, and, and I understand why people have this fear, but there's some ways that you can actually build that trust and verify that your advisor is legitimate and that you can say, you know what, maybe, maybe it's not that I need to diversify advisors. Maybe I just need to focus in and verify and confirm that my one advisor is truly legitimate. I think that's the biggest thing is if I can get down to one advisor that's, that I know for a fact is not crooked, that I know for a fact is doing a legitimate business, has either been around for a long time or I can confirm that what he's doing is good, then that's easier than saying, well, I don't trust anyone, so I'm just going to have five or six guys. You know, that, that's a different ball game, I think. Yeah, well, keeping your eye on a lot of baskets is different than just one basket, right? Right. So, you know, when we go back to the diversification conversation. Yeah. When we say diversify, you need to have different types of assets. In most cases, you need to, you know, analyze and look at what a good diversified portfolio is. More diversification doesn't necessarily mean more people involved unless you start diversifying advisors. And I'll tell you, the train in most cases comes off the tracks at the advisor level, right? At, at the retail advisor level like us, those are the guys, not that we're the guys that come off the rails because we, we don't, we won't, we yeah. better not. If you do, you're done. Yeah, well, for uh, sure. But anyhow, uh, th- that's where usually people fail. It's that too good to be true sales pitch. And when you get that, that should be sign number one. So you're saying that double digit returns guaranteed no losses is not something that is, is a real good, honest sales pitch. Is that what you're trying to tell me? I would certainly have to examine that extremely <laughs> and deeply further, but I would probably, in most cases, say, run, don't walk. Yeah, when, <laughs> when it sounds too good to be true like that, there's probably a catch. Well, I'll give you some examples of, of some stuff that's happened in this area. And I'm not going to throw any names out there, but I'll, I'll throw some examples. One was a fellow was selling a mutual fund that was unregistered with the SEC in the United States. So it's not illegal to sell an unregistered mutual fund. However, not a wise choice. So if you're going to put money in somebody's mutual fund and he gives you a little piece of paper that says, I guarantee you 12% annual return, 
that's just a piece of paper with some printing on it, okay? It's just a piece of paper. It sounds awesome, but they can make those certificates look authentic. This is what this guy did. So when people got ripped off, it was uh, almost 100 mil at that point in time when he finally Shoo. escaped with all the money. Right. None left, he said, but that he's dis- somewhere. Let's put it this way. He's disappeared out of the country. Yeah. So it's somewhere. But the SEC stepped in once they found out and they go, well, we can't really do anything about this. This is not registered security under us. It's not illegal. What was illegal is that he stole the money. So he was in trouble. He did get caught. And then he escaped again somehow, miraculously. I'm not sure how that happened. But anyhow, people were out. Some people out their whole life savings. And that ruins a whole family. We're not just talking money gone. We're talking a whole family. Parents, kids, grandkids. The whole wealth is destroyed. And their families are destroyed from it. And so it is very, very ugly. There's a perfect example of greed, okay? Now, I'm not pointing my finger at the client who wrote the check to this firm, but I do, in a way, have to give a little bit of credit for the loss to the person who wrote the check. Right. Because they got greedy and took wanted the guaranteed 12% interest, knowing that that's pretty much impossible in a guaranteed situation, sure. right? Sure. I mean... If somebody is meeting with you and you're going, well, we should be able to get four, five, six percent average return. We don't know what future is going to lie. We know historically it's worked. We don't know. That's more reasonable conversation. Yeah. There, when there's when there's no underlying guarantees, that's how the market works. There's no guarantees in the market, and no advisor should ever be able to give you guarantees. And any guarantees that you do see, they better be written out very clearly in whatever dot. Whether you're buying an insurance product or whatever it is, they better be written out very clearly. And if you look at them, the guarantees are not as glamorous as what you would like them to be. Yeah. And this guy also had no license. Okay. So he's not a licensed SEC advisor or state security advisor or a FINRA broker dealer. Brokercheck.com. You know, you go into Mm -hmm. that. Is it brokercheck.net? I think maybe. I don't know. Probably. Just Google brokercheck. Brokercheck's all you need. Anyhow, you can look up names and addresses and see what's going on in any histories. I'll give you another example of one and then I'll get off the examples. There was a fella that worked here for, uh, this is going back quite a long ways, but he had 60 plus disclosures on his license. When you go to broker check and you put his name in, it showed 60 different disclosures. A disclosure is an event where there was a complaint filed against him or something happened between him and client or him and regulators. So basically he had 60 plus events. He's, nobody took his license. He was still licensed. And some 10 years later, he was out selling oil and gas leases that paid, he promised, 2% per month, not per year. Wow. That's 24% returns on your money. He raised uh, off of 50 clients. Uh, it, was, it was like 20 plus mil, I think. Yeah, it was uh, like 20 plus mil on 50 clients. He's in a jumpsuit today, thankfully. But there again, this goes back to the client going, 2% per month, that's awesome. There's that greed factor from the client. But also the fact that you, you got embedded into yourself that that's too good to be true. That we're going to go into why, what you really need to look for in those situations. But if it's too good to be true, you know, there's another advisor around the corner that might be a second opinion or another advisor. We had people in both of those cases, we had people come in and ask us about those. 
And we literally told them to run. And one particular was a farmer who sold his whole farm and bought into that mutual fund that was unregistered. And this is when my father was still in business. And he said, I was in the meeting. I was young at that point. He says, get out. Don't put any money in there. Run away from these people. And they went and invested all their farm. They lost the money they sold from their, and they lost everything. That's crazy. It's very sad. So here they got a sought out a second opinion. Right. But the greed factor of 12% guaranteed sucked them right back in. Sure. And these guys are smooth. They're most of them are really smooth talkers. Yeah. Well, they, they know what to say. I mean, you don't run a successful scam. You don't run a, a successful, you know, criminal background without knowing what to say and how to pull on the heartstrings. And guaranteed numbers, that's one of the biggest things. In our industry, people love to hear the word guaranteed as a client because that means that I don't have any risk. I get all the reward with none of the risk. And again, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And so here's what, here's what we say. Do you need more than one advisor because you're worried about an advisor who might steal your money or one that might go rogue and do something that is just not good for you as a client? Well, the problem is, is that the more advisors you have, the bigger risk that you have, right? Let's say, you know, if, if it's one in a million, if let's say one in a million advisors goes rogue, which is probably more than that, I'd imagine, since there's not a million advisors, but let's say one in a hundred thousand goes rogue. Is it better for you to have two out of the hundred thousand? Is it better for you to have three out of the hundred thousand? Or your chances of getting scammed less if you had one advisor that you did your homework on, researched, verified, knew that they were a legitimate person. I think that's the way that I would go personally is I say, I want one person that I can guarantee is in my corner because I did all my background research on this one person rather than having three people that I have to do background research on, double checking their investment you know, philosophies, making sure everything's organized in the back end when it comes to my investments. That's harder. That's more work than just having one person that I know that I can count on. Yeah, and the odds are now you got multiple people that one of them could go rogue as opposed right. to one if you... So you sounded like Ronald Reagan right there oh. when you said verify. See, I, was, I wasn't around when Ronald Reagan was around. I was a little... I'm a little young. Well, you that. know, he, he did that to the Russians, right? You saw that video before? I, yes, yeah. You know, uh, trust but verify, isn't it? Yeah, he had... It was a, a video of him with Gorbachev and they're standing there and he did this multiple times to Gorbachev when they were dealing with Russia and it was Ronald Reagan dealing with Russia and he he would say trust but verify I wish I could do his voice because it was awesome but he did it in Russian and then Gorbachev laughed and he says you say that all the time but the the point is Ronald Reagan had it right we're talking international relations and what was his point Trust them, but verify everything they say. And that's what we're saying here. You can listen to all the garbage you want from a sales guy or any of these guys that, or, that have all this flashy stuff, going to promise all these returns. So you need to do your homework and verify. Yes. First instinct it's is huge. gut says it's too good to be true. Run. Don't even waste time verifying. That's my thought. But if you can't get past the greed factor where you're like, oh, this is so good. I got to get in on it. Then you better start verifying a whole lot of things. And the first thing is to verify that individual. Are they licensed for one, right? Need to be licensed. And what is their broker check history? What's their history and how long they've been in business? Yeah. So let's dive into that one. So there's three things you really need to do. Um, and there's, there's tons of them. You can do more than these three. But these three steps I'm going to tell you right now are crucial. They're, they're non-negotiable. 
Now, I know that for a lot of you that are listeners, you're friends or your family with the advisor that you use, that you, you're, you're saying, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I trust this person because I know them. Well, here's what I want to say is that if you have an advisor, you need to treat them like you would any other business relationship. Yes, they, they may be somebody that you know and someone that you feel comfortable with, but that doesn't excuse you from verifying that they are legitimate. Because I've heard other stories, and there's one that was here locally that was a guy who was in the business for 30 years plus. He was in, he was real rooted into his church. He was a huge supporter of the sports boosters and high school sports in the local area. Everyone knew his name because he was such a good guy in quotation marks of what you could see. And just a few years ago, just completely went off the rails with a certain investment strategy. A client of ours lost over $300,000 and they're 80 years old. They don't have time to make $300,000 back. That was their entire life savings. And this guy, because they didn't verify, they just trusted him because, well, we know him. He's been around for a long time. They didn't, they didn't verify. They end up losing a ton of money. Yeah. Let's, let's clarify that. That client wasn't a client of ours until after that happened. Right. And that's yeah, why I they should, came to us. I Somebody referred them to us. Yeah. So, uh, but even if they did have, uh, if they used that advisor and had us as an advisor, there's a perfect case where one out of two went rogue, right? Right. Because they didn't verify. Sure. And so the idea here is you need to do these three things at the very least, because you want to make sure that whatever you're putting your hard-earned dollars in is a legitimate investment with a legitimate person. And so it starts with checking the advisor out. Is this advisor licensed? We just heard a story about a guy in Columbus who was an unlicensed advisor selling fake securities and some guy bought into it, didn't know he was unlicensed until months later when he went to go ask for money and the guy just kind of disappeared off the face of the earth. Make sure they're licensed. There's all sorts of information out there. If they're state registered, if they're SEC registered, they have to have certain documents. They have to have an ADV. They have to be completely uh, background checked. I had to be fingerprinted before I became an advisor. So there is a ton of stuff that is documented within our legal system, within our government, that makes sure that advisors are legitimate. Best way to do that, if you go to BrokerCheck, if you just Google BrokerCheck, you can type in an advisor's name and you can look up any history of stuff that could have happened to them in the past, whether they forged a signature or whether they sold an unregistered security or whether they made a false guarantee or whether they went way rogue and had a Ponzi scheme. You can see all of that stuff on there. Anything that is, if they are a licensed or registered advisor, you're going to see that as a legitimate part of their record on broker check. Or it'll say that they have been permanently suspended. Then you know that there probably something went on there. Right. And you're not going to see a lot of information, but they're out of business. And there has been cases where somebody's been permanently suspended, but continued on in another town. So this is why it's so important to research that. When you go in that broker check, there's different regulatory uh, bodies. F- bodies, I should say, yeah. And so there is a place where you can look up SEC registered. It'll at, it'll say SEC. But so, you know, look around in that website. You're going to be able to track just about anybody down. But the key is, like I said, the one guy had 60 disclosures. So if you're looking in here, it says, you know, click here for disclosures, you click it, it'll list if there's any disclosures. Right. And if a guy's got 60, I'm going to tell you right now, you better run. Actually, if a guy has more than three or four, I would probably run and not walk away as well. If a guy has one, it might be a single incident that he had something out with a specific client. 
You do see that sometimes, but if they have multiples, it's time to keep on moving because there's issues there somewhere. Right. And if you see even one, that merits a conversation. Before you even write a check to invest money, you go, hey, I looked you up. This is what it says. Can you explain that situation to me? Because that doesn't just happen by accident. It is a filed complaint. That's the thing about our industry. If you're a registered or licensed advisor, you have to keep a written file of complaints. If someone writes a complaint or files a complaint, we have to hold on to those. Those stay in our system forever. And that is something you should be looking out for. When when it comes to the person or the advisor, you need to double check on them. You need to go to a third party. You can't just trust what they say. You have to go to a third party and double check that everything is legitimate with the person. Okay? Right. So number one, you do your homework on the advisor. Is this guy or is this girl, are they legitimate and are they licensed? Number two, what you need to do is you need to check out the investments they're talking about. Where are they holding those at? This is the Bernie Madoff scheme. See, what Bernie Madoff did is he was the advisor, he was the custodian, and he was the invest- the money manager. So what happened is, is if you went into Bernie Madoff's office, he says, hey, I got the perfect investment for you. It's making about 15, 20% this year. No one does it like I do. All you got to do is write this check, write it to Bernie Madoff Inc. or whatever his company was called. Write it directly to me. I'll put it in your account. We'll get it all sorted out. So there was no one that was checking balancing Bernie. Bernie was the whole outfit. Now, legitimate advisors, they use a third-party custodian, whether it's a brand name like TD Ameritrade or E-Trade or Charles Schwab. You see those on commercials all the time. Or maybe it's a smaller one, like there's a Persian. There's lots of different custodians out there. But you need to double check because if you are using an advisor and he says, hey, write this check to such and such company, you better know who that company is. And if it's the same name on the company as the advisor's name, you might have some questions. If I sat down with a client and said, hey, make sure you write your investment check to Fike Advisors, that should be red flag, red alert number one, that they should not write a check because there's no way that that is a good, healthy setup for checks and balances to make sure there's not anything fishy going on. Right, or the Fike Foundation. You know, the Fike Family Foundation? A, a Fike, just the Fike Foundation. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I'm not promoting it, and there is no such existing foundation, <laughs> but it always sounds good. You can write that to the Fike Foundation if you'd like. If there was, the paperwork would say that this goes straight to Fike Family Vacations and family team building <laughs> events. And hey, we I could like make it. it legitimate. I like it. It can't be much different than you know the, the Gates Foundation or the Clinton Foundation yeah. or any of those other guys who make a lot of a ton of money and they have big foundations. Would that be tax deductible then if somebody did that? I, I think we need an accountant in here to tell okay. us. Okay, we're getting off track again here, but you know, it is easy. And I've had people come in here and write checks to me personally and some sizable checks. And they slide it over and you just go, I can't take that check. It needs to be written to wherever we're taking it, whoever the custodian is. But I've had people do it. They trust you. So be careful whenever somebody brings that up. Even if you have trust, verify. You know, well, if I write it to you, what what's it going into? Who's got control of that? Who's holding that asset, whether it's a stock or a mutual fund or even a cryptocurrency, whatever the investment is? You perfect, know? perfect example of this is the one I was just talking about, the guy that had stolen the 300000 He stole from a lot of different clients, but he had them write the checks to a legitimate custodian. But when I talk to the custodian, when I, the clients come in, they say, hey, can you help us with this? We can't figure it out. It seems a little fishy. I called the custodian thinking, oh, there's a custodian involved. Must be legitimate. Well, when I talked to the custodian, I said, hey, this client, XYZ, has these investments in their portfolio, which they were these fishy real estate companies that were not legitimate at all. 
I said, hey, did you guys do the research on this? Is this something that you guys know is a legitimate company? How do we get the money out of here? And they came back and said, well, our company is a self-directed IRA company. Whatever the clients tell us to put it in, we do that. So the third-party custodian has no... that In their paperwork that was signed by the client says, we do not check out the investment companies that you're putting in here. We are just the reporting agencies for tax purposes. So if the client would have called this third party and said, hey, can you confirm that my advisor is going to put me in a legitimate investment? They would be able to answer, no, we can't confirm that because all we do is report the tax you know, stuff to the IRS. That's a big issue. That's, where, that's a red flag. But if you don't make that phone call or you don't know anything about this custodian, uh, hello, no wonder that it might not be legitimate. You don't know anything about it. You're just trusting the word of somebody that may not be verified. Yeah. So I think the custodian check is, uh, extremely important and look for a firm that's big and legit, you know, sure. uh, been around for a long time ha- is a sizable company, very transparent with what they do. Those are really important pieces. Some of those self-directed, I remember back when they were uh, doing viatical settlements in the 80s. Just life insurance based, right? Yeah, what they were doing is uh, they'd buy life insurance policies on sick people, but they would get the money to buy those life insurance policies on sick people because they would buy them out. They would get the money raised from investors. And probably back then, 90% of it, I don't know what the percentage, but it was a high percentage was scams. But they would hold them in those same type of custodians, self-directed custodians. And I remember one fellow who lived around here came in and he had lost 300 and some thousand in viatical settlements. And of course, it was in uh, receivership. The whole thing was uh, he he's passed away since and they're still sending checks but they to his family or the beneficiary, which is his wife. But the checks are like $80 every three months. Been that way since he came to me and we tr- I tried to help him sort through all of it. And I said, I don't think you'll ever see your money back in your lifetime. And he, he knew that. He said, I, that's kind of what I gathered. But what I do have left, can you make sure that doesn't happen again? But again, it was in a custodian company. It was, I remember it was out of Texas. Mm-hmm. And they said, we don't have any anything to do with it. They were just using us as a custody service and we don't verify any of that. So there, you do need to look at that custodian very closely. Absolutely. So two things so far, you got to do your homework on the advisor, check their licensing, check any disclosures they might have. That, by the way, in most cases, that's where the train comes off the track. Right. If you see red flags when you're checking the advisor, you don't even need to do these other two steps. You're done. You, You already know that's where you need to start because that's the foundation. But then the second thing is, it may be an advisor who's floated under the radar doing his scam so far, and, and it may not be known. Check the custodian, because if facts don't start lining up with the custodian that these investments are legitimate, we have documentation, we check on that stuff to make sure that we're not getting any trouble. If that's not verified, then you know you have another red flag that you should run, don't walk in the opposite direction. And then finally, the next thing you need to do is you need to start verifying the actual returns on these investments. Now, don't get me wrong. You're not going to get, if it's a legitimate advisor, they're not going to sit there and tell you, here's your 12% guarantee for the rest of your life with no risk. If they start saying that, again, that's already too good to be true. But you need to verify that what you get on your statement is correct. 
You know, this is another thing with Bernie Madoff. When he was the money manager, he would send out his own printed statements that said, wow, you made 25% this quarter. Congratulations. Here's your new account balance. Yeah, and the market would be down 10 or 20. The market would be down 10 or 20. (laughs) And people are just like, wow, I guess this is just a really good, he's really good at this thing. When it's like, this doesn't make any sense. You need to verify and say, okay, just because my statement says X, Y, Z numbers, is there another third party that can confirm that? And if you have... If you have mutual funds, there's prospectuses that are released every year. You get a copy of that. You need to check that. Are the prospectus things, which are, you know, these are legal documents that the SEC requires, are they saying the same thing as what my statements are? Do my statements say I made 25%, but the prospectus says, well, we actually lost 25%. Are you getting a legitimate reading from that prospectus or on your statement for what your returns are? Or maybe it's something else. Maybe you work with a money manager that does a portfolio. They might have GIPS audited returns. That's G-I-P-S. It's a international standard so that you can confirm that with this portfolio, all the different individual funds within there, are they getting the returns that they say they're getting or are you getting scammed out on that one too? Yeah. And GIPS is a third party. So the idea is if you have a couple different third parties that are reporting, then that that, that eliminates some of that and does help verify as well. Keep in mind though, the more pieces to the puzzle, right? the more chances the train can come off the track as well. Now, if it's GIPS, they're just an auditor. So they're, you know, they don't really have anything to do with the custody. But, you know, again, it's who's pitching it to you. What's the guarantee and who's holding the money and who has access while they're holding that money to pull that money out. That's another critical is who has access to the money. And it should be only you. Right. The lines, I'll tell you where the lines start to blur if you start getting some fishy feelings about the custodian who where the money is held at and you're getting fishy feelings about the statement because those usually come from the same place, that's where you really need to keep an eye on it. Where you go, "Wow, this custodian is telling me that I made 10%, you know, on my investments, but something just doesn't seem right with the way that this custodian set up." And if you if you looked at the custodian and you looked at the returns and you're saying this isn't adding up for me, that's when you need to run. Don't walk in the opposite direction. And you can request those inf- pieces of information before you even sign a check. Get that prospectus, get that information from the custodian that says, how do you report this? How can I confirm that what you're saying my returns are, are truly my returns? They, they're they going to have a third party that can go in and confirm all those details. Right. And what's wrong with a second opinion here? Right. I mean, get a second opinion. If if you're sitting there and somebody's promising you things that doesn't sound right, or you have this eerie feeling, Don't be ashamed to go to another advisor and go, hey, look, here's what I'm looking at. I'm looking for an advisor. You know, what do you got or what do you think of this? And one of the things that I have found, and we've seen many scams uh, right here in our little town over the, since I've been in business and probably longer than that, I'm sure. But most of them are unregistered guys doing some kind of scammy thing. But what people, what happens is people get involved in those. And even though they feel a little eerie about it, they're afraid to go share it with somebody else. Too much pride or or embarrassment. Yeah, embarrassment, I think a lot of it is. And some of them even won't even file if it isn't a large sum of money. Whenever somebody does rip them off, they won't even file it because they don't want to be embarrassed by the fact that they fell for that. Look, don't be that way. If you have that feeling, why not share it with another advisor and go, have you seen this? What do you know about it? We have aspects maybe just from being in the industry that we can find some answers out about it before it's too late. 
Right. Chances are, if you wrote a check in a rogue, it's probably too late. Sure. But there is cases where some of those go on and on and on as a pyramid scheme. And if you get in and get out early, the guys at the end are the ones that lose, right? Right. And so, you know, maybe it's good to be alerted early on it. But the point is, don't be afraid to get a second opinion. I mean, most people are afraid to even do it with a doctor sometimes. Mm-hmm. So this is your money and, and doctors your life. So why wouldn't you want to get a second opinion just to be 100% safe? And I think what you're saying there is really important because you mentioned that some people feel embarrassed because it, it is embarrassing to feel like you got tricked or you got Absolutely. Duped. But the reality is in all these scams, they're not dumb people that lose their money. They're normal people. And what ends up happening is... Smart people sometimes. Yeah, some of them I mean, even... Very smart. Extremely smart. I mean, Bernie Madoff, he made a ton of money off of some very important, prestigious people all over the country, all over the world, really. So it's not like he was just duping the average, you know, no education from the boondocks type person. It, these were up top tier people that were making lots and lots of money. So don't feel embarrassed if you if you are feeling a little uncomfortable, but definitely go out there and check it out. Get a second opinion. Ask somebody about it. And like like you're saying, Brad, if you get out early enough, you may get your money back. Whereas if you sit in there and wait and feel uncomfortable about it for way too long, it may be too late to get any money back out of That's the system. Right. Yep. So those are the three things. You need to verify. You need to verify the advisor. You need to verify the custodian, where the money is held, and you need to verify your returns. And if you're going to check out those three things, I would say nine times out of 10, you're going to miss a scam. Because if you're going to check on those and figure them all out and everything seems legit there, you're probably okay. Now, we can't guarantee that because there's always that one guy that goes off the tracks just at the wrong time for the wrong reason and no one saw it coming. But with those three, you're almost essentially protecting yourself from any sort of obvious common sense scam. Right. So verify, verify, verify. And to go back, just to wrap this all up again, to go back and say, do you need more than one advisor? Is it more convenient for you to do these three verification steps with one person? Or is it more convenient to do it with two people or three people? The reality is you want to diversify your assets in your portfolio. And there's lots of reasons for that. And we've talked about that in previous episodes in our portfolio management ones. You can go back and listen to those. You want to diversify your assets but you take more risk by diversifying your advisors and you create more work for verification on a regular basis when there's new people involved with your portfolios. Yeah. And plus the other factor, if you have multiple advisors, let's say we do a financial plan or a retirement plan with you and the other advisors doing a retirement plan or a financial plan, or they have a whole different philosophy or a different way of investing, it might be counterintuitive to what the other advisor is doing. So if you have two advisors, they may be doing stuff in the complete opposite. One might be buying something, the other one selling something or vice versa. So it isn't a great idea. It, in a lot of cases, can be highly inefficient right. for you as an investor. Plus the fees. The fees can be higher if I'm using two different guys to work with. What if there is a fee structure where the more money I have invested, I pay less fees. I split that money up. Now I'm going to pay a higher fee at both advisors, where if it was with one advisor, I might have a lower fee structure based on the amount of money. It's hard to say. It's all different, but it's just another thing to look at. Something to consider. So not only verification, but it's also the economics and also the efficiencies of my investing. Is it efficient? Is one guy doing something different than the other? In a lot of cases, I've run into it. We have clients that have money somewhere else, 
And when you sit down and start talking, you go, well, that's completely defeating what we're doing here. Right. So do you realize that? Well, I didn't realize that. Well, then you need to pick one or the other because you got to. that's what you need to do. And that's what we've started to do with clients anyway. When a client comes in and said, well, I still have money with so-and-so, the first question is, well, why don't you have all your money with so-and-so? Right. You know, And that should be your thought as a client. If it's not about fear, because we do have this sometimes, sometimes it's not about the fear of someone's going to scam me. Sometimes it's the fear of missing out. Well, what if this guy has a better setup than you do? Or what if you have a better setup than the other guy? Well, the reality is whatever the setup is, it needs to be based off of your financial plan, not based off of who gets the better returns in any given year. You want the setup that's best for your plan and what your retirement plan is. And when you start splitting that up, it just gets confusing. Right. So don't let fear get in the way of a good retirement plan, I guess is probably the end of it. And make sure you do your homework on an advisor. Don't get scammed and don't be concerned about getting scammed. As long as you're doing, you're checking these three things, your advisor, your custodian, and the returns, you're going to avoid almost all the scams out there. And I think one thing that my dad always said uh, over the years is greed will get you every time. So if you go in there and somebody has something and, oh, you're going to make a, you're going to be a millionaire, gazillionaire, we got, I got the secret, then you know, then your greed, it's an emotional movement in us that greed, I can have what I don't have if I do this. Right. And in most cases, it doesn't happen. Yeah. And uh, so uh, be careful of your own personal greed. I think that's a big warning that uh, my dad gave me is, you know, don't get greedy because if you get greedy, it probably won't work. What's the old saying? Pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. There you go. So uh, hogs being the greedy get slaughtered. But pigs, if you, you know, you're trying to work yourself into some wealth, you do it right, you'll probably, uh, you know, get yeah. fed. Don't don't let the greed fatten you up, right? Or otherwise you'll end up at the butcher. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> it's a great saying. Well, that's a good that's a good spot to end on here in this episode. So for any of you listeners, if you want to talk a little bit more about this, you're looking for that second opinion on maybe something you don't feel super comfortable with, with your advisor or with another agent you might be working with, we are taking on new clients here at Fike Advisors. You can go to our website, fikeadvisors.com. There's a schedule now button in the top right corner. You click that, it goes directly to our calendar. You can set up a free 20, 30 minute phone call something along those lines, or we can meet in person if you're local. We'd love to chat through some stuff. And that doesn't cost you any money. It costs you time. So I don't want to say it's completely free, but it doesn't cost you any money. So you can show up to that, hang out with us, talk us through what your questions are, and we can tell you, hey, this is what we think you should do. This is how we can help you. Or if there isn't something that we do, this is who you need to talk to. This is who can help you. We'll point you in the right direction. So again, that's fikeadvisors.com. Click the schedule now button in the top right corner, or you can call our office 330-264-1100 and schedule anything uh, in the future. Now, that's if you want some of our help. I do have to say on this podcast, whatever we're talking about here, I got to give this disclosure. This is for educational purposes only. We're not giving you advice. We didn't talk about anything in here that you should immediately implement into your portfolio or your financial plan. You need to talk to somebody, whether it's a financial professional, tax professional, legal professional, before you do anything. So double check with the person that you trust. Make sure you verify them, of course, but double check with them before you make any decisions. Any final thoughts? Verify, verify, verify. I am financial yogi. Yogi. Oh, yeah, it didn't rhyme right, did it? No. It is yogi. No. No. Yogi. Yogi. I did learn the other day it was yogi. It's like Yogi Bear. I'm still sticking with financial yogi. I'm trying to think, maybe you and Yogi Bear are probably about the same flexibility when it comes to Better than your average bear. There you go. (laughs) 
we could go on a picnic. Oh! See, I, I might be young, but I'm not too young. I understand oh, that reference. Oh, now we're getting goofy. So, there hey, everybody, go. it's uh, good to talk to you today and have a good one. Yep, we'll see you guys. Investment advisory services provided by Fike Advisors, LLC. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Please consult a professional before taking any action. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed.